things going out of your way? Okay, well, here in the good old United States of America, it, see, I'm a cowboy, so I don't say America. I just say America. Yep. Because I say you, that a lot. I'm in America usually three to six months a year, but in Washington State area. So I'm yeah, well acquainted with that area anyway. It's my second home, America. I love it. I'm usually on a ranch there, so love it. Nice. You, got, you see some of my cowboy partners up in there. But, hey, man, if you're heading into Washington area, that is uh, – that's uh, that's Bigfoot territory up there, Pete. Well, I've seen something up there as well. So, yeah, I've seen – yeah, physically seen some stuff up there as well as foot castings that we got at the time when I was in, at a place called East Seti Ranch up there. So, active spot. Nice. Well, it is an active spot, and I'm glad to have you on the program here. We've got several listeners from Australia that watch this program religiously every week, and uh, we talk about all kinds of topics here, and it's good to, good to have you. Um, and you've had a number of ET experiences. So, uh, Pete, why don't we uh, just, just kind of sort of introduce yourself to our audience here. Uh, who are you, what you're about, and, and then how did that first experience go? Yeah, so I'm known as an experiencer is the way we could put it. Some say abductee, there's different terms, but I was somebody that uh, had been skeptical about quite a lot of what I've experienced, but I'm an international best-selling author. I've just uh, bought out a film called Multidimensional that's featured on 11 years of documented evidence as, as well as witnesses. And basically for the last 11 years, I've dedicated my life to basically helping humans help themselves in, in many different ways, not just experiences, but people work on themselves and work through what I call self-mastery, which all this has led me to as well. So I, there's a lot of books on extraterrestrial contact and self-mastery modalities, uh, but that's where my main focus has been, which was originally spotlighted from experiences that I was filming on camera that was put, a lot, put around not just Australia, but a, the world on the news. Uh, even yesterday, I filmed crafts over the home about three o'clock in the afternoon. So it's an ongoing thing for myself. But as I say, these beings aren't to be looked up to. They're just to be seen as the greater family of man. And some of the contacts have led to what I'd say is interactions with angelic entities as well or celestial entities. So that's sort of just like a brief, we could say, thumbnail sketch of, of who I am and what I'm doing at this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, when you're filming, uh, has any of your equipment, camcorder, battery, cell phone, any kind of batteries ever been drained? Yes, multiple times. So before I was known for what I am now, I would be somebody that you'd call to some of the most haunted locations in Australia to find out what was going on, partly because I was trying to figure things out myself and started investigating and helping, we could say, fellow humans themselves uh, understand what was going on. So that is a common thing. Though what I will say is that some places that I went to that were reportedly haunted, they were actually having ET contact. And some people that thought they were having ET contact, they were actually having paranormal phenomena happen. But because they watched Ghost Hunters or a UFO show, they sort of just put it in their own little box to reference it. So that type of phenomena uh, does happen, battery drainage, whether it's on a phone, a camera, e even uh, EMF detectors and um, mel meters and things like that that detect magnetic mm -hmm. or electromagnetic anomalies, mm -hmm. even those devices can drain anything with a battery and sometimes we're used as a battery and drained as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I suppose that the ETs don't need to be siphoning off battery power from our devices, but apparitions now, that's a different story. Now, 
Does there seem to be a correlation between UFO activity and paranormal activity on the ground? Yes. This is where some of these beings that maybe originated from, let's say, an extraterrestrial planet have achieved a certain level of ascension, which we hear about in Tibet with the rainbow light body, Jesus attaining, becoming a light being himself. This is where other beings have done this. So some of these extraterrestrials could appear as angelic or as an apparition form, and they don't need a craft as well, which we, we can go into. But there is this cross-correlation where years ago I was saying, just from my own investigations and my own experiences, we need the paranormal, spiritual, and UFO community to work together because there's a big overlapping here in terms of how the beings manifest uh, in terms of the type of phenomena whether it's synchronicities, whether it's orbs of light, we see this with the Bigfoot sightings as well. Uh, there seems to be a huge blend, which is why I did find out some people weren't having ET contact, they were having paranormal activity and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So there is a huge cross-correlation to where I believe the same mechanism that some of the extraterrestrials, if they're not a physical type of entity, they will use the same mechanism, let's say, spirit or an angel, or even a fairy or nature spirits will use to manifest and interact with us. So there's this huge overlap go going on there with that. Mm -hmm. uh, people report from time to time, and I have stories on this program that's been going on since 2004, so I've had thousands of interviews, but uh, this is that sometimes aliens will appear in their room at night. Other people say that uh, men with hats black hats i suppose appear then other people say shadow beings so i mean there's a whole strata of beings that that appear to harass or actually enter into somebody's home space uh, uninvited but do you think it's not so much as a, a variation but just a presentation to us as to maybe to our own internal fear that something wants to induce fear and is coming in the most fearsome thing that we would recognize uh, or are they completely different do you think they're more alike similar somebody masquerading or do you think there actually are these many type entities both and beyond and what I'll, I'll elaborate on that with is as an example and i'll have to say this and preface it with this as well to understand what we're going to be going into and talking about even for myself, I may know a lot, but I say I don't know 1% out of a trillion, billion percent of what's going on. But we're not going to understand all of this if we try and look at this in a linear way, meaning black, white, yes, no, it's got to be this or it's got to be that. The, the grey area in the middle is where, unfortunately, most of the answers lie because it's very convoluted. It, it, it is very laid. So... There is what I would deem as trickster energies that can take on any form. There are also what we could say grey-type extraterrestrials, which there are various different types that can project different forms. Uh, I've actually seen the the I've seen a shadow man that's had a hat on before that appeared behind me in the bathroom, and I could see it in the mirror just walk behind me after I filmed a UFO in broad daylight, and then my hard, my hard drive, my computer was compl completely wiped. So there, there's like an experience that I've had there with that. But this is where my good friend James Gilliland up at the East City Ranch, as I, I was saying earlier, that where I've been, he's got a saying which is the mind you seek is the mind that you connect with. And what I can tell you is 
if you're on a negative path or you're operating from a negative state of mind, you can amplify that type of what we could say interaction, something negative coming in. If you think it's all love and light, that can happen as well. But what you'll usually find is that there's, I say to people, you've got to look at the fruit from the experiences. Is it about you becoming a better person, being of service, opening, opening up to the universe, or is it really a fear-based thing? Or is it nonsensical, which when I've had numerous things that I've sort of led towards believing it is a, what we could say, trickster energy, the information and even the experiences are completely nonsensical, which it's just trying to get a reaction. If you react positive to an experience, you're going to get a positive experience, but there'll be no fruit to it. If you react negatively, same thing, and there'll still be no fruit to the experience. So it's it's a little bit late, and this is where there are some entities, including what I've interacted with, where they've shown me a humanoid form in the beginning, but then later they led me to showing me their true nature. And in that case, it was more weighing me in rather than startling me. But then there is, on the flip side, there is negative entities that will betray to be one thing, but they use your consciousness, they read you like a book, and they can see what's going to be terrifying and they can project that if they wanted to as well. So mm -hmm. it is a bit of a mixed bag. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have on our website there uh, uh, a little bit of tongue in cheek, but it is a, it is a poll uh, that uh, related to the show tonight, as we always do for whatever guests we have. Uh, it says, why do aliens abduct humans? And right now the, the choices are to extract DNA, to impregnate. They want company to torture and probe hideous experiments and to get some fashion tips. Right now, the, uh, the number one, 62% of the respondents say to extract DNA. And that continues to come up as, as a possibility as to why people are, are being uh, abducted. And now, have you had an abduction experience? Yes. The, the abduction experiences are laid. In the beginning, what I would say is that it was terrifying, but it wasn't on the purpose to terrify me. I've also been abducted by what I can say is covert groups that were led by grey, or what appeared to be extraterrestrials, but I later found out were actually programmed life forms that it's even beyond military that was connected to Australia and America that were basically portraying an abduction scenario, but it was in the purpose to basically scan my consciousness to find out what I knew and what was going on. Mm -hmm. So there is laid reasons for this. There is a gen genetic component. Now, they, they can, in some cases, there's, there's friends of mine that have been pregnant, then all of a sudden the baby's gone missing. There's no signs, but there might have later surgeries. I've heard about scar tissue being found from a type of laser that, that is technology that we haven't got that's been found within the female that alludes, right, something's happened and we knew that she was pregnant. Now everything's fine. So there is this component. But... It depends, again, on the type of race and the advancement that you're interacting with on how they can do this. I've, with certain races, they will just literally give me a pinprick and they can get all the material or anything they need to know about me just from a prick. They don't even have to do a scoop mark, though I've got scoop marks as well. So there is that component. Mm -hmm. um, so what was your earliest age that you had uh, activity from uh, alien interference? The earliest age was, I say seven with telepathy. There was a few things before that, but it's very vague, so I don't talk about it much because it's not, not sort of even concrete in my mind. It's very scattered. But between the ages of eight and 12 was when my first experiences were, and it was of 
what you'd commonly refer to as a grey alien. But the way I can describe it is that his eyes were sort of more human, though they were probably double to three times the size, completely black. And the skin texture of this thing, the way I can describe it, is it was a white grey, so it's not a grey, we could call it a whitey or whatever we want. But it looked like cigarette ash. If you, you've dabbed cigarette ash and you've got that grainy sort of texture, that was the, the sort of texture of this being skin, but it was white. And that was on and off over a period of four years. And things sort of, they didn't come to a standstill, but after that period, I had uh, my first UFO sighting when I was 12. And what it was, was I was living in a town called Aubrey in a suburb of Lavington. And I was walking down to the gas station and I was going to get a slush puppy. I had one of those bottles that when you fill it up, it changed color. Mm-hmm. And it was it was around summer. It was an afternoon. And what I remember is just looking up. I wasn't far from the gas station, maybe a block away, because I was only about three, maybe four blocks away from it, originally from the walk. And the only way I can describe it is if you pulled a weight off the end of a bar, a weight bar, and you put it sideways, that's what it looked like as a sort of a matte gray. But... In later experiences, I've seen the same craft again, but this thing was so big, I have to say it was about three times the size of a football field. And it went in front of a, a, a hill called Red Light Hill until it crossed and it just went out of view. And to this day, I'd never heard other reports. I heard of other reports of other sightings around that time of uh, flying saucers and things like that. But this was more of a disc or like a weight. And it, of course, it was way bigger than what you'd say your average flying saucer would be. But... Even with the earlier experiences, I've got to say, I didn't think these things were alien. I didn't know if they were extraterrestrial, if they were angelic, if they were demonic. I didn't know what the hell it was that I was seeing. It scared me. I wanted them to go away. I pulled the sheets up and turned away from it. But that was sort of the the frame reference I had. I didn't know what this was, and I didn't really speak about it until later years. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I have this picture here up on screen, and uh, it's one of you sent me here. Uh, is that an alien behind that car? Yeah, so this was taken last year. There was something walking on the roof, and then I could hear it plop down along the side of the, the lounge room area in the cabin that I've got. Oh, I had up at Mount Buffalo area, and I could hear something walking around. So I just went out and snapped a few photos and this is what appeared in one of the photos. I looked, I didn't even check them for about 15 minutes. I think I had a phone call or something was going on and I sent this straight to Jason Gleaves, ex UK air force and aerospace to analyze it. And that's exactly what's there. Now the original is clearer, but it's a lot darker. This is being just color, uh, brightness enhanced. So people can see it at first glance straight away. The, mm-hmm. the original one is taken in a 4k, uh, photo from my iphone 11 i think it is Mm -hmm. but yeah it's just been slightly color enhanced just so it's noticeable straight away Mm -hmm. and and then this ufo here you saw this ufo yeah this was taken last year as well uh this was between mount buffalo and paul punker and there was missing time associated with the with taking this as well uh, there was two days of visitations, and uh, we go into this a little bit in the film with with what's happened around that time with the remote viewer, John Verbanko, who has worked for the FBI, NASA, and we could say other places in terms of being used as like a psychic spy or to look into things psychically. So, uh, yeah, that, that was analysed by Jason Gleaves from UFO Only as well, who I just previously spoke about. So 
the thing with me is that I've got thousands of photos and videos and hundreds of witnesses in my home, let alone thousands of witnesses around the world. Mm -hmm. But a lot of my stuff has been trolled and tested by TV stations to see how authentic it is, by image analysis experts, mm -hmm. uh, as well as uh, now I'm bringing in the psychic component from people that are used by, mm -hmm. we could say, government and corporations for psychic uh, information to validate that this is not being hoaxed or fakes, faked as well. Mm -hmm. When one thinks of UFO activity here in good old America, I mean, I'm always thinking, you know, California, maybe Florida, O'Hare, international. But I don't think Australia doesn't come up. Now, is it that uh, it's just news reports don't filter over here about that? Or do does Australia have a lot of reports of UFO activity? I get I get inundated on a regular basis with sightings. We've even got a case here that's been featured in a movie by James Fox called Phenomena, as well as a movie just on this case called uh, Westall, where in 1966, 200 school students and teachers, which was reported in the Dandenong Times, and it was on the news here, saw two flying saucers land, and actually US personnel and Australian military personnel went in and shut down the school and put everyone in the hall and told them they didn't see what they saw. Mm -hmm. And this is well documented here. Uh, we've got a lot of cases, uh, the Kelly Cahill case in, in near Dandenong as well. There was an abduction missing time case there. there uh, there's other people, not just me, that are filming and experiencing this uh, phenomenon on a regular basis. But I think it is a news media thing where we're now seeing ATIP and other projects being released now through media on current investigations into the UFO phenomena. Even though the US said that they weren't investigating it after Project Blue Book, where they were caught out with Rendlesham Forest because there was documents that came to light later that they were even investigating that. So I think when people's main source of info is, we could say, mainstream media, there is a thing that if it's not in mainstream media, it's not going on, where my case has been international on mainstream news as well as here, there's a lot happening everywhere. I can tell you from personal experience doing Japanese TV, uh, going to Mexico and doing a lot of Mexican TV, uh, Italy and other places, this phenomena is widespread and happening on a regular basis, especially in Mexico and Japan. And they're beyond, are UFOs are real? They're more like, what's behind it? So mm -hmm. there's a lot of news coverage in a lot of countries. I think just like any country, if your mainstream media is your main point of information that's what you're going to get unless you're looking at alternative media so there's nothing special about me i'm not the only one as well but it's a widespread thing happening worldwide no matter what country okay all right let's get to a couple questions this is from baby wolf out of the uk it says peter uh are you religious we could say i was brought up with a uh christian uh we could say background though i only attended church probably not even a handful of times. Um, I sort of threw a lot of it out, the baby with the bathwater, when things got pretty full on. But then I started to have experiences with entities that were telling me that they were the Elohim, which are the liquid blue light beings, which come from those blue orbs that I talk about in the film. Mm -hmm. So what I can tell you is that I believe that there is a God, that we're all a cell of God's body, that we're one consciousness interacting with itself. And I don't discount any religion, but I don't believe anything either. I go by my heart, I believe Jesus was real, I believe Muhammad and other saints and sages and beings that we know about through ancient texts, a lot of them were real, and a lot of the stuff they weren't talking about was myth, that there's something to it, so I'm open to it, but I'm not a blind believer either, um, mm -hmm. though I do 
have some belief in some of what they what's written in the text from personal experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And we have this question here. Very, very interesting question from uh, Rose says, Peter, I've encountered gray aliens, reptilian aliens, etc. I don't know if they abducted me. I believe I saw them come from a portal. Can they come through portals? Yeah. I've actually had one experience where the only way I can describe it was like a jagged, energy like a a tear in the fabric of space appeared and this being put its head through it was like a white background literally like if you can imagine being in a room and seeing the fabric of space open up and this being put its head in which was a gray uh but we're also portals ourselves energetically so they can definitely do that um let's put our scientific mind hats on right here Uh, yep missing time is it that when uh, a UFO comes through a portal or another dimension or warp speed from the Zeta planet X or who knows where are they shifting time? And is it only happened to the person that gets abducted? How would you explain that missing time? Where did it go? Well, this is the thing again, we're looking at things linear. So we need to look at things as all possibility 360 degree unboundedly. They have shown me before that, what we perceive as time or the universe is like an uh, is like a river. There's a flow to it, and what they're able to do is to lift. We could say you're in a boat, lift the boat up and move it to another part on the stream, and then that becomes your time space or space time. Even though that's illusory to an extent, because as convoluted as it gets, they've shown me that every decision we make, even if we don't take that decision in an offshoot reality that goes fractal at that point of time of that decision, you actually make that decision in an alternative reality is the one that you're focused on at the time. So the bottom line is science still doesn't understand space. They don't understand time. We can only see a fraction of 0.005% of physical matter, which is the visible light spectrum. Then you've got infrared, gamma rays, X-rays, and so on. So we're not even able to perceive 1% of what's going on. And I think science will understand this. But even with what we perceive as time, what's happening scientifically is that the space the Earth is from the sun with the moon being a satellite circulating it, it opens up a dimensional portal, we could say, for space to for our time and space to exist in what we call the third dimensional reality. And that's because the moon is circula- circling the Earth and the Earth is circling the sun. It opens up a time-space where each planet is operating in a different time because of their satellites circulating them and where they are to their parent star. So this is where time going to mars venus wherever it's going to be completely different even the density and the reality of that place because of that mm-hmm. so these planets are actually created the life on them by satellites and where they are from the star mm-hmm. for it to exist in its specific place so this is where they're operating out of the physics that we understand which is makes this hard to comprehend and i can only tell you what i understand but that's what i understand is that they're able to jump off out of what we could say a frequency vibration that we're resonating with mm-hmm. as our experience now and come off it and go anywhere they want. Mm-hmm. I've actually even had extra time where I've seen myself being taken when I was put back and I've had missing time as well. So this is where it gets very, like I say, convoluted. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right, let's get to, by the way, what part of Australia are you in? We've got a number of uh, viewers from there. 
I'm in a place, I'm just outside of a place called Rutherglen. I'm originally from Albury, which is about 40 minutes away. So we've actually got like 17 wineries around us in this area. Very mm-hmm. great fertile land. I'm on my own farm, which is actually Sanctuary, Jai's Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And I'm surrounded by uh, thousands of acres of farmland with, uh, there's cattle ranches and sheeps and yeah, mm-hmm. crops and everything around me. Mm-hmm. Um, does, uh, I don't want to get too political, but is uh, the the lockdown and stuff affecting any anything that you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're sort of coming out of it, uh, but it's getting to the point where in December, with certain stores like Safeway, you won't be able to buy anything unless your vaccination pass is connected to your QR code on your app with your bank account. So unless you're vaccinated, you won't even be able to buy stuff at some stores. Um, a lot of people have lost their jobs. Melbourne has lost so many businesses in and of itself. Uh, it's destroyed a lot of people. And, yeah, that's all I can really say say on the matter is that, yeah, it's been pretty full on and affected a lot of people mm. uh, in, in detrimental ways. Mm. Well, to make a connection to our interview here, uh, is any of the um – VAX, uh, you think any of that is uh, alien technology? I'll say people do your research. That's all I'll say. Yeah, don't oh, blindly believe. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'll say yeah. Good. Don't blindly believe, and yeah, could be connected to a mark. I'll say that if people are biblical, they'll know what I'm saying. Mm, okay. All right, and now we have this question here. Uh, what do you know about my labs? Well, my lab, it stands for military abductions. Uh, it's a term, but what I believe from my own personal experiences is that it's more covert organisations that they're black funded, so they're not funded di- directly, whether it could be, for example, in America, it could be money funneled out from the Pentagon that goes missing into what we call unacknowledged special access programs. But this is where the program lifeforms are connected to. This is where it gets very dark and very late again, whether it's with super soldiers, whether it's being uh, using certain people, individuals, targeted individuals for, we could say, uh, missions that have been brainwashed and or used for off-world, we could say, space programs. The MyLab thing starts to go into a lot of different areas and a lot of it's got to do with uh, abductions, of course, uh, but there is a mixture, like I was saying before, there is program life forms which are grown, entities that are grown, we could say uh, cloned grey aliens, but there's also intelligent beings, uh, sentient beings within these programs. So the military abductions goes into a large phenomenon, even with black helicopters, a lot of those people experience. I've filmed hundreds of black helicopters myself mm. here and in America that mm-hmm. just circle me as well. But there's nefarious and many different reasons why the people people that report the my lab experiences why they're having it it's not a, a simple uh explanation for it it's very late in and of itself okay all right let's get to another question here um from smoke c out of the live chat and by the way if you're watching this program on our youtube channel the chat is on the right lower if you're watching this program from our website the chat is on the left upper both those chats are combined so you can put your questions in there for uh peter tonight uh smoke says uh, do you think hybrids have become an integral part of society have these beings infiltrated our planet through their breeding we are hybrids ourselves uh 
this is where what's been explained to is what's been explained to me. We're a conglomerate of many different beings. Now, the, the base genetics for human, Earth, human in this part of we could say the Milky Way galaxy is Lyran. Though the first beings that came into being were nor male nor female, and this was the Elohim. And so we are a hybrid ourselves, which apparently we're, we're continuing it through races, you know, mating with each other still, if we use that like a term. Uh, though what I've been shown is that we've got also ethereal qualities from the angelics that we are basically like a super being in the 3D realm, but we're, uh, we don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus was saying, yeah, you're all gods, and it's all got to do with going within. It's not about the body suit, or we could say the body computer. It's what the soul can do, and we are hybrids ourselves, but there are hybrid programs where they're using qualities of Earth human, whether genetically some of these races have lost it or they're just tinkering and they want to add some of the qualities we've got to them, mm-hmm. but they do walk among us as well, as well as look in the mirror, we're one of them as well. Mm. Uh, do aliens have souls? Yes, there is some cases where you, what you're dealing again with is program life forms, but like I say, even if it's being created, if it's physical and you think it's got consciousness, therefore it's got consciousness, therefore it would have a soul. So yes, like a lot of the beings that I interact with, they look exactly like you and I, whether they're from the Pleiades, Orion, Sirius, though some of them have got different features, some are more feline, which you hear about in the Bible, there's lion and feline type beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is why you find across the board sort of the five-star shape, the head, the two arms, and the legs, because we are throughout the universe, but what's happening on Earth is quite unique to us. It's almost like a a special program going on uh, in sort of uh, God's reality that he's wanted to experience and create, or it has wanted to experience and create. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Our uh, uh, bear, who gives a bear report of good news every week just before this program, has a question that says, why are aliens doing this? What is their end game? Well, there's many different races visiting us. What I can tell you is that a very small percent are service to self. This is where it comes into the fallen Elohim, which I call the Archon Network, or I actually call the lower light. They're void of light and they're distorted energies. There is spider-type beings, creepy crawlies, reptilians, uh, archons, all different forms of types of entities that are part of this network that are of the opposite. They've created an artificial device. Uh, you could even call some the jinn, demonic entities. It's all connected to a lower frequency. So their agenda is actually to control, manipulate, harvest our energy, and actually the transhuman agenda as well, where on the other side, which I'll say is about the other 95%, they're seeing us as their little brothers and sisters in some aspects that a lot of these beings have gone through the trials and tribulations that we've gone through and eventually raised their consciousness to become space-faring civilizations, exploring and learning, which is actually why I was shown we leave God source creator, was to learn and experience and gain knowledge. But still, some might want to do mining, some might want to do hybrid genetic programs, some want to do trade. If you think about how we interact as a planet with each other, with nations, whether it's for commodities or necessities, what have you, now take that to a larger scale, not just on a, we could say, this part of the galaxy, but a galactic and extragalactic level, it gets very big because it's normal up there what they're doing, traveling from star system to star system meetings. We're blocked off from it, so it sounds like something in Star Trek, but this has been going on for a very long time, so it just depends on the race and their intention 
what they're doing and why they're doing it. It's very laid. It's not just what, a, a one-shoot answer. What, what is the uh, what is the worst species of aliens? Well, the reptilians, from personal experience, have been something that's not a nice experience. But when you deal with something that's working through artificial intelligence and it's what I'll describe even beyond demonic, they're all part of the same network. One of the worst experiences I ever had was actually something that I went to bed one night and I had the streetlights coming through the blinds because I had a lot of activity at this time and it was hard to get to sleep. It was very, we could say, paranormal high strangeness happening in my place. As soon as I went to bed, I opened up my eyes and I, like before I opened my eyes, there was this energy like my heart was pulled into my stomach is the only way I can describe it, like you're going down a roller coaster. And what was right next to the bed, and it would have been about three foot tall, maybe not even that, was it looked like a grey, but it had reptilian scales on it and its eye was like that big and it was a reptilian eye. Oh. Now... I was so scared and so startled, but something in my consciousness said, like it, like it, something within me started to have compassion for this being. Whoa! By the way that it felt, and it was almost like the way I can describe it was, I felt sorry for it because if this is how this thing existed, this is pretty bad. Like this is a pretty miserable life, and the the entity actually turned into smoke and dissolved. And I was told later that this is a Draco reptilian. It's a type of species that was, we could say, genetically enhanced and, and created from a mixture of a type of grey extraterrestrial race with Draco genetics creating it. So it, it's a hybrid as well. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right, let's get to this question here. Gary Kidwell says, Peter, where, where were, were the Jetsons based on past realities? I can't say for sure, but I think when we look at a lot of television programs uh, and movies, I think that there is some channeling, some inspiration, whether it's from dreams, whether it's from people's memories, stuff that they don't even want to talk about that influences uh, things like the Jetsons and other things as well. But what I can tell you is that some of these beings are us coming back from the future as well, from other star systems as well as here. So this is where it's a temporal thing as well. It's very convoluted. But I think there is a component. I can't say with the Jetsons for sure, but I just think in general there's something in us that remembers other lives or has a knowingness of other things that we've done and it sort of bleeds through to our human consciousness. Mm -hmm. Does that have anything to do with the Mandela effect? Well, I'm, I haven't done much research into the Mandela effect. I'm aware of what it is, but I think when there's time-travelling entities even humans, that there can be a cause and effect from actions change through travelling through Stargates and other things like that. And I believe that it's a type of bleed-through effect from that uh, that can be a part, partly responsible for it. So, yeah, I'm not an expert on the Mandela. Mm -hmm. Well, I was just, I was just thinking the, the, the sort of feeling that... Uh, yeah. I was just thinking sort of the feeling that sometimes you get like you've done something before, you've been somewhere before, but who knows? I mean... Whether that's a synchronicity or a past life or another dimension, who knows? Um, let's get to this question here. Um, this, this is from um, this is from Australian Ben. He's been a, a guest on this program, and uh, I believe he lives in the southern part of Australia. It says, uh, "Have you spoken with any escapees from 
Nightmare Hall at S4 in Groom Lake. Why is the government splicing creation and who are they doing it for? I haven't, I've spoken to people that have been in certain projects. I'm not sure if he's, he was referring to S4. I've heard the same term used for Dulce Base in New Mexico, that there is a place called that as well. Now, again, there, from what I've been told, it's not just what we could say myths or folklore from what we hear in the UFO community, but I've been told directly that there was deals done with certain people within the United States as well as other countries for things to happen like abductions and things like that. But what we hear over and over is that there is manipulation going on in these this nightmare hall, if we want to use that term, which I have used that term heard before, but like for Dulce, as I said, to where there is gray, greys and reptilians working on all types of animals and humans, even mixing them with their own genetics, and even humans doing it as well, mm-hmm. uh, mixing alien and animals with, with human genetics as well. So I remember hearing a story a while ago in uh, outside of Area 51 where apparently an entity escaped, and it was something like a, a lion mixed with a bear, mixed with a pig, mixed with a few different things, and this thing was absolutely like the damage that it could do was crazy. So we hear these stories. I think some of them are stories. I think some of it's misinformation. But at the end of the day, with what I've experienced, this is where I say you've just got to keep an open mind. I can't mm-hmm. say exactly, mm-hmm. but I have had some stories myself told to me. Speaking of crossbreeding, mixing uh, in a more conspiratorial tone, um, I saw a, a program with the. Uh, a, a, a doctor, a reputable doctor, discussing what they found in the VAX. I don't mention it by name because I don't want the video to be deleted. Yeah. And they said that they've got, and they said that it's in the in the patent that there is fireflies, some part of a firefly, and it gives it some sort of luminescence. And she went on to say that they have figured out how to splice to get a human body to accept. Uh, another species for supposedly beneficial uh, things. And I mean, <clears throat> who knows what? I mean, got Dr. Fauci. I don't know if you know that our Dr. Fauci. Oh, we, believe me, I'm well acquainted. But what I can tell you is that this has been, I've got a good friend that's a geneticist who had worked for the Australian government. And they've been, we've been doing it even with, I think, octopus and jellyfish. And it's, it's known. This isn't hidden. The, some of the stuff in what you're describing has got stuff for, I think, jellyfish in it as well. Mm-hmm. So this isn't, you know, some huge conspiracy, wham, bang, you know, you know, there's no evidence for it. This is actually in scientific data and peer-reviewed journals that this mm-hmm. is the type of stuff mm-hmm. as uh, crazy as other things are in it from, let's say, little humans and things like yeah. that as well. Well, a few years ago here in good old America, we, we had a commercial uh, a, a chocolate bar and it says sometimes you feel like a nut sometimes you don't but if you felt like a nut now you might be a nut because they may have put nut stuff you know i know they've spliced uh, uh some kind of animal with tomatoes i mean uh, some kind of fish with the tomatoes so there's a lot of cross-species blending going on here and i'm wondering is that just natural technology progressing or is somebody helping the humans along I think we need to give ourselves credit, even though if it's not for positive things, that the human race is quite capable of a lot of things. I think in some areas, like if we hear about the day after Roswell, uh, Colonel Philip uh, Corso, who came out about Roswell, mm-hmm. 
It's like when we hear about transistor radios, we hear about uh, fiber optics, lasers, computer chips. A lot of the stuff we've already been working on, but I think in some cases, whether it's through R&D, that things are handed down and we're sort of given a, a jump start, firstly for military implications, and then it's gone into the public domain to sort of jump start 20, 30, 50 years behind what the military had to sort of introduce things into the public domain. So it, it's probably a little bit of both, I would say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, you're not too far off there because there are actually, uh, uh, Peter, a number of movies that have to do with an octopus type figure. One of those is Prometheus. Have you ever seen that movie? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Okay. And it goes along with kind of what you're saying. And it starts off, and I'm not saying I subscribe to it, but the, the show starts off with a back in early man's history, a UFO comes over Earth and Earth hasn't come really. There's some humans there. And they're genetically modifying the human, but in the end, an octopus is part of that spaceship. You know, I mean, he's doing weird stuff. There's also another movie called, I think it's called The Interpreter, where a spaceship comes down all across the planet, these gigantic ships, and then they want this woman to understand what the aliens are saying, and they let her go into the ship. And behind this massive glass wall are these gigantic octopus-type figures, much like 30, 40 feet tall. They come up to the window, but they're octopus. I mean, what what's going on here? This has actually got some validity to it. I know of octopus beings on certain planets, but also aquatic-type entities that are in their own environment inside crafts. I've been on many different crafts, and what I can tell you is a majority of them have a consciousness in and of itself. So you've got that component, but also some of them have got an artificial, we could say, consciousness where they have a – all of them have a symbiotic relationship, pardon me, with the pilot when we're talking about advanced civilizations. It may sound far out, but if people look at uh, David Adair, famous American hero, he was building massive rockets when he was like 12, 13, solving physics problems for Stephen Hawkins, got a huge award from the American Air Force and was introduced, and I think he went into the Navy – I saw in a documentary many years ago, he was talking about in the early 2000s that there was a problem where he had to go to a university. And don't quote me, I'm trying to remember this the best that I can. But the, what the problem was, was that a pilot had, had come home, found out his wife was sleeping with another man. When he went back to get into the fighter jet, it was firing the missiles. Why? It was activated through thought. Wow. And because he was frustrated... They, they need to work out sort of a firewall, a break, so they wouldn't have this problem again in future. Mm. So we've got we're doing some crazy stuff ourselves when it comes to this, and this is where again I, well, I think we've got to give ourselves more credit. But mm -hmm. again, okay. there's a mixture of all this going on. Okay, let's get back. Let's rewind a little. Let's, let's have a space time continuum thing here. You said you've been on a number of crafts. What does it look like inside an alien craft? Well, there's different variations. What I can tell you is that if anyone has seen the Bob Lazar drawing of the sports model, it was very similar to that which, I, which I've seen. There's no aesthetics in the ones that I've seen. There was free chairs in the one that I did see, but in the one that I was in, the peripheral of the top of the craft would actually have holographic projections coming out of it, and the walls could go transparent, like as if you're in glass, 360 degree like you're in glass. You could see through everything. Now, other crafts that I've been on was very similar again, but in the middle where you, instead of having the bar come up that Bob would describe as like a waveguide, there was a massive crystal that was a living entity as well. 
there's other crafts that I've been on to where the whole thing is like it's grown, but it had like a mother of pearl iridescent rainbowish effect within everything, and it too could go transparent. But this was like an organic grown craft. Um, I've never seen panels except once where there was sort of like a bridge that looked like a panel, but it didn't have like dials and things on it. There's usually what I've seen is grooves, not just for hands, so there has been that, but just indentations that sort of come out almost like a reverse triangle, though it's square at the top, to where you could put your palms and you're connected to the to the chair. Like you're not sort of like connected to it and can't move, but you lay your hands and through thought you're interfacing with the craft. There's other crafts that I've been on to where they look like a white room in a movie. Um like everything's just white. There is there's nothing. The first crafts that I was going on were actually Orion crafts, and the way I could describe this is that it, everything looked like it was made of whitish blue light, and there was no corners. It was curvature everywhere, and they could literally make rooms through commands, through thought to the craft to where you could extend the size of a room. You could make it smaller. You could even turn one room in, or four rooms into one massive room. So it's like partition walls that were created through thought, but it's just light. Um, there was metal chairs in that craft that I found out were also holographically projected that they were manifested. They're real to sit on, but they weren't real. It was just projected. Um, yeah, there's other crafts that I've been on as well. I just can't think at the moment which ones. Yeah, there's just it's, it, it. When you talk about it, the sky's the limit with this type of thing, what can be experienced. The most amazing ones to me is when the entities engulf me in their light body. It's like they become an orb and they expand out and you become – you are inside that and you can literally teleport within – like a, not even a second to where you need to go or where they're wanting to go as well. And sometimes I've gone to meetings in that case to where you appear in – it's like a cathedral but it's structured from rainbow light. It's absolutely beautiful. And the entities there are amazing, but it's usually a conglomerate of different entities and throne beings, as well as the Elohim and different types of, we could say, angelic and representatives of other civilizations there as well. Mm -hmm. And I've got to say, this is where it gets multidimensional in the aspect of when you're interfacing with these beings, I could be looking at you in real life and I'm getting visions in my mind's eye flashing. I'm getting thoughts and feelings all in sync with each image to where it's like, shoving a usb stick into your consciousness and you're downloading everything that is being relayed to you instantaneously but yet know it at the same time and to communicate back is through thought projection to them as well so i'll ask them a question through thought and then they'll project thoughts feelings and visions back this is predominantly pro predominantly throughout the the board with <clears> a lot <throat> of these races very rarely will they have a translator device on them or will they be speaking english though that can be the case in some cases how rare it is it is rare but it does happen mm. uh so are you able to ask them questions yes uh what i would say is in later years i've been able to ask more questions originally through the contacts it was more just you're in awe but you're the observer and they knew what you were thinking anyway but then later on as i adapted to the communication i was able to again as i said ask questions through thought get get the questions back mm -hmm. through thoughts feelings mm -hmm. and visions mm -hmm. being projected to me um, why don't they help help the planet here give us free energy cure our diseases 
They've done it in some ways, we could say, depending on the motivation, maybe not the best. There's been opportunities for that. But what it keeps coming back to is that they want us to realize how powerful and special we are and how big and beautiful God really is to do this ourselves. That we are actually capable more than what they're capable of if we actually knew it. That's what they've said to me over and over is that what we can do not just as a human, but as a transdimensional being, surpasses what anything else is out there. And it's because we're a conglomerate of other extraterrestrial races that are advanced as well as angelics. So this is where it's like I've told people they're not going to save us. They do do stuff where they will block certain type of solar events, uh, assist with earthquakes and volcanoes to diminish things, sort of anything that could potentially completely wipe us out, but they're not going to save us. Mm. They're sort of on the peripheral assisting where you've got a negative force that are manipulating the human race but this is where we go into what i call operation star seed where people might get bent out of shape with this especially within the ufo and spiritual community but i know that we have past lives future lives all happening at the same time but we're not from anywhere except god source creator we're a cell of god if people want to know where they're from you're from god you're an aspect of god but what you will have is that certain souls that have done many journeys and they've got a high level of consciousness they've incarnated in droves here since world war ii to play a part within the human race within the human body to help uplift human consciousness Mm -hmm. so this is where i say to people it's about us realizing how powerful and beautiful we are as beings Mm -hmm. to do this Mm ourselves. that's where it's at okay there are endless stories here in america and i'm absolutely around the world too where uh, 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 really uh, on the lines that a, a person is uh, a very evil person, does a lot of bad things, beats his wife, drinks too much, um, carouses around, uh, hates his friends, neighbors, steals maybe perhaps. And then maybe one day they'll, they'll go to church and they'll meet Jesus in what is called a born again experience. And then the transformation appears to be instantaneous in these certain individuals and then they come out and then they all of a sudden are nice they're running the soup kitchens they're helping their neighbor they're paying back people they stole from has has, has anybody met in the first category has anybody like the, the the previous pre-born pre-born again person met an et talked to them and then came back and said I got to be a better person. I've got to run that soup kitchen. I got to go to the hospitals and pray for people. I've got to help. Has anybody had that transformational experience that is that is documented from a Christ experience? There is people I've come across and that I've spoken to. Um, even in my experiences, we could say I was somebody that was a bit of a, you know, we could say a bit of a rough kid when I was younger and. That's what people realize with me is that my life transformed overnight. People couldn't even hang around me anymore because I wasn't who they knew. And I was like, this is a better version of Pete, but this isn't the Pete that we know. This happens to every experiencer nearly. That What I'll tell you is first off, they think it's abductions. Then they realize that it's not abductions. And then from that point, they realize that there's something bigger and better going on that they've got to play their part within this. This is across the board. And what I'll tell you is that sometimes it could be with a religious figure, it could be with a prophet, it could be with an angelic entity, or it could be with an extraterrestrial. It could even be a God consciousness experience where they've had an experience, whether it's through a release of DMT in their brain, which we naturally create, whether it's through a scare or a near-death experience, that they open up and they become one with all that is momentarily 
and they realize that that's their natural state. And when they come mm-hmm. back to the physical body, it changes them exponentially. And it's like a wake-up call that they were mm-hmm. meant to have at that time. Like, what am I doing? Wasting my life, drinking, doing drugs, getting in fights, doing stuff that's leading nowhere. And that's where you see a transformation happen is that it's, there's an awakening. So this happens across the board. Uh, but whether it's from an extraterrestrial, in some cases it is. But what I'll have to say is you also have to include the other aspects of angels, religious figures, even God, source, creator itself, that you may have that opening experience with as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Raul Sanchez says, Peter, is this really just a simulation video game that isn't real? In a way, yes. In a way, yes. The way I describe it is that imagine your consciousness as a basketball and that little tiny hole that you put the pin in to fill it up with air. That's the little tiny bit of awareness you've got going into your body computer experiencing this reality. So really, we could say that basketball orb of you, your higher consciousness, is sitting there with a video game controller and it's looking through this reality through your eyes experiencing here. So we could say in a way, through an experience that I had, and I I don't speak about this in the documentary, but I've I've spoken about it and written about this many times. Mm -hmm. I had an experience where I was shown grass, people everything on the planet earth was made up of these purple hued dodecahedrons they're like a basketball but they were a football like a soccer ball sort of but a dodecahedron for those who don't know just type in your google dodecahedron now i saw the outline of this purple hue neon energy and they were, they were three-dimensional but translucent sometimes i'll see a toroidal field as I was zooming out in this vision with this experience, I could see not just everyone on the Earth was made of this, but also the Earth itself, that the moon, that the satellites of other planets and the planets and the sun itself, and the whole solar system was one, that the whole galaxy was one. And when I could all, all of a sudden see all other galaxies were made up of these purple hue dodecahedrons. Mm. When I pulled out even further, I could see that our universe, God, source, creator, was a purple hue dodecahedron, but I could also see other universes and I was told that each universe is a god, that we are made up of what we could say cells of a body of a greater consciousness. So the way I describe this is imagine your body is God and each cell in the body is an oversoul. One of your oversouls are a cell of God's body that's projecting and experiencing this reality. And that, that God itself, is a cell of a greater intelligence. And I had to stop there. I couldn't go any further because it was enough for me to just digest. It blew my mind wide open. But what I've been shown consequently is that as we go through life, we can become ascended masters or beings, being of service. But eventually we have the opportunity to divide off from this universe and create our own universe where we're God with its own planes and dimensions of cells, which are the Elohim. That's what they've shown me is that there's different variations of the Elohim, but the highest expression is the cells of God's body. And those cells, the Elohim, go out within that universe to experience and gain knowledge again. And that also each universe rejuvenates on itself like cells rejuvenate within the human body every seven years. Mm -hmm. All this happening now is about experiencing, gaining knowledge with the earth experience, love, forgiveness, compassion, but one day all this will restart again, and what we've done this time we won't do. Next time we won't make the same mistakes, but there will be more mistakes. And this is part of what God and God do is lose themselves to refine themselves and rebuild themselves. Mm. Okay. Um, question from Bear. Why do you refer to aliens as angelic? Well, they're completely different. Uh, ETs are ETs. Angelic are angelic. 
entities. They're not the same thing. I think some people will mistake angels for ETs or ETs for angels, but they're not the same thing. So do do angel, literal angels exist? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But what I'll say is that they've got different aspects to them like you and I do. There are the ones with the wings, but the highest version of them that I've seen, they're just light. That's all they are is just light. And a lot of these entities, they don't see you as a human with your eyes, your skin, and your hair. They see your light body and everything in this realm structure from light. So this is where, like I said, don't think I'm saying aliens are, uh, aliens and angels are the same. They're completely different. Completely different. They're not on a planet. Mm -hmm. They're not in a star system. They are working with what we'd say is the matrix of God's body and their messengers to transform transverse dimensions to mm -hmm. be messengers to be helpers and help people along the way or protect them many different reasons mm -hmm. there's a lot of talk about a global reset obviously the world is filled with different languages although computers you know translate and all that even skype has a translation function um but uh so you have boundaries and cultures and is it possible that the ETs are saying humans should get a global reset to sort of come together as one so that they'll come down because they don't like all the division and, and the various things that go on between countries themselves. Cause in their world, they're just, everybody's is just one world, but here every country is a different world. Do you think that they're, they might be pushing this global reset? Negative ones are, but we need a reset. But it just depends. We, we need a new world order, but which new world order do you want? It doesn't mean we need the one that's going to be a negative draconian system. This is where I mean we can't look at everything we're talking about as black, white. The shade, this is where humans are always, is it this way or is it that way? We do need a new world order. We need one of love, compassion, and non-judgment. In a lot of these other civilizations, especially in the Pleiades, people think they're all Nordic, blonde hair, blue eyes. No. There is black ones, there is even blue ones. I've seen different species. The things that they're doing in the other worlds to get to where they've got to is they, it's like each civilization, we could say each nation here, each culture, they're still refining themselves. They're still growing. There's things that we don't agree with, with certain religions, how they do certain things. They won't agree with everyone else. The thing is, is that we need love, compassion, and what happens is, is that we need to embrace and have acceptance for each being and culture being the way that they are, but we need to live in a peaceful, harmonious fashion. Mm -hmm. That's what we need. It doesn't mean we've all got to be one religion, one bank account, one this, one that. We need a reset, but we need a revolution of love, not of a draconian network system where we could say the Fourth Reich has stepped in and everyone's in a draconian system, in a lockdown system where you can't do this unless you're doing that or you can't do this unless you've had this. And we monitor everything you say, everything you do. We need to use artificial intelligence, but we need to be the ones in control, not the other way around. Because the way that we're going, the artificial intelligence is going to be operating us and it's already a network that's out in not just this galaxy, but other galaxies. This is very, very complicated and very in-depth where I could go with this because this has been going on for millennia mm -hmm. and it's basically like a network grid that's going out throughout, we could say, galactic civilizations trying to control them mm -hmm. to where they take over that civilization and they use them, we could say, is a slave type thing. Mm -hmm. Well, that's definitely one thing I agree with you on that is that the world does need a revolution of love. Yeah. And, you know, I, yeah. Look, I, I, it bothers me that there's people starving in the world. You know, it bothers me that 
China is polluting the, the atmosphere with all their coal plants, you know, I mean, and, and then, you know, the, the different things between countries, firing missiles into Israel. And I mean, it just, there, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of love on this planet, uh, Peter. And I don't know, uh, the incremental part, it, it doesn't seem that there's going to be, uh, a major change in any of that. But so how does, how, so how do you maintain hope that there will be? Well, I know what we're capable of, and I've been shown what we're capable of. The problem is, is that people are expecting an authority outside of themselves to solve something. And what I can say is, and it's not putting down protesting, but protesting and doing things the same way that we've done it. There should be freedom of speech. You know this more than anyone else. That's why I love America in all ways when I'm there. I absolutely love it. But we're at a place now where we're still repeating the same things. As Albert Einstein used to say two words to the effect of, you can't solve a problem with the same level of consciousness that created it. So let's say with aliens, for example, a lot of people, yes, there's astronauts, military witnesses and what have you that have come out. But because it's not the president of the United States standing there saying that they exist on mainstream media, nobody takes it on board. But it's the equivalent of this. I see an, an eagle land on my lawn. Do I need to ring up the government and go, hang on, can you guys come out here and tell me if this is an eagle on my lawn? It's the equivalent of that. So we need, like I was saying, a revolution of love, but we also need discernment and we've got to realise that how we've been doing things isn't working. We can solve the homelessness. We can solve the poverty, the, the food shortages, everything, even environmental disasters with these types of technologies. But the only way we get access to those technologies is to raise our consciousness to rise to the occasion. There's no way you want the terrorists and certain beings getting this in their hands. But this is where there's usually DNA activation by multiple beings that have to activate these technologies to even be using it some mm. of the crafts are dna activated by the pilot so there's ways that we can get around this but the bottom line is is we need to empower ourselves and rise to the occasion there's mm. certain things i'll say but because i'm in australia i don't want to say certain things because i could get in trouble and that really frustrates me because i'm better off talking about the things that we've been talking about where i can and i will say what i can where i can because I'm better off underneath the radar doing what I've been doing because that's how I'm more effective in helping the human race by doing what I know and what I can say in working. Mm -hmm. If that, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, well, it, it does. It does. Uh, so let's just say major companies or countries decide to get together and say, all right, we're, we're going to de-escalate this whole thing. Uh, we're going to turn our, our, our missiles into plows. You know, we're going to use our technology to, and, and you can see, you know, we're going to, we're going to just, we're going to stop. We're going to work out deals and everybody's going to be happy. But then there's always going to be the contingent. Let's just say terrorists for whatever reason. They're not going to go along with that. But let's say the world is trying to push toward this revolution of love. What does the world do in response to terrorists that or maybe a whole country and then they keep blowing meetings up for people where countries are trying to get together, whatever they do, what should they do with the terrorists? Good question. What I can tell you is, and I'll use this as an analogy, people say to me all the time, Pete, you're never going to stop rape, war, murder. Yeah, you can. If you've got a higher level of consciousness and everyone has the basics and the necessities, there would be no reason for them to conduct those acts or war, you know, acts of war or crime as well. From a higher level of consciousness, you're operating at a higher frequency to where you wouldn't do those things. 
So my response to that is if people were operating a high level of consciousness, for example, a lot of people deal drugs or they're doing drugs because of depression or because of the money. They've got no other way to get money because they've got to pay their bills or their, their house. They can't get a job for whatever reason. When everyone has their basic needs met, but they're raising their consciousness, the problems and what we say trials and tribulations we face would no longer face. But what you do, and if we look at the earth, we operate basically on a war industry. Even the pharmaceutical industry, the way it's doing its things, other industries, they're operating, we could say, like a war industry. Now, what you could do is you could swap those industries into space exploration industries. You still need the technology. You still need the, uh, we could say, types of medication that could be a lot more advanced with med beds and what have you. You can basically swap that industry to a space exploration industry, have more jobs than ever, and everyone gets what they need. We're operating on a system now where if you go and get a loan from a bank, they're basically literally putting digits into a computer of money that's non-existent that you have to pay back with interest, which didn't even exist in the original place to start off right. with. So the right. whole system needs to re-transformation. Mm -hmm. And that's where, like I say, this isn't – I might be one of the most documented extraterrestrial contact cases in history, but I can tell you where everything has led me to is not that they're our saviour. They keep telling me – and I can talk – weekly i could talk weekly about the experiences and the communication that i'm having with them but the bottom line is i want to talk about the messages which is we don't realize how powerful we are that's what it comes back to mm -hmm. and it's up to each individual to be the best being that they can and what that will have is like a spider web or a hundred monkey monkey effect to where enough of us do it we're all going to start operating that way mm -hmm. well this kind of makes me think of john lennon's song imagine where he says Imagine no possessions. Well, when he wrote that, he, he's worth about $100 million. And then you got Bill Gates running around saying we need to depopulate, but he wants he means everybody else but him. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, wait a minute, man. Why don't you guys lead by example here? Okay, I, you know, somebody's got to do that. All right, let's get to, get, get to another question here. Um, could there be some kind of technology to make people think they saw aliens and they didn't? Oh, yeah. Yep. We even know through uh, through the U.S. government with different projects, even with the, the earlier, what, what we could say is MKUltra, that's very child's play compared to where not just the U.S. government, but Russia and other countries went. There is 100% technology where I know that it's been used on me to think some of those experiences were authentic beings, but they weren't. So what I can tell you is that they can project... They, meaning whoever's beyond, beyond even black ops, in my opinion, they can project not just in, in, in front of you, but into your head, communications and experiences. Now, I'll tell you something to, to back this up in some way, and it was a while ago. In Japan, what there is in certain shopping places, we could say like Walmart, when you walk in... There is a voice in your head telling you deals going on for things that through AI it's thinking that you're into, whether you want shoes or new clothing or beer or whatever, it's projected into your head and the person right next to you can't even hear it. Wow. So, and other technologies they've even got over there where I've seen prototypes, it's a little device that projects a hologram and it's of a football game that's live on television but using multiple cameras to where you can press buttons, swap it around and pretend you're sitting at the stands right up the back or you're sitting right next to the field. 
um, and it's giving you a hologram 3D projection, high definition of that happening. So there's a lot going on around the world and a lot with technologies that what we know of is child's play compared to what's in the military industrial corporate complex or what they're using. And think about the stealth or the SR-71. It was years till they were revealed, but when they're revealed... You imagine what you guys have got over there now in the military. It would. It, I know that a lot of what's been recently revealed to the public are not bona fide extraterrestrial vehicles, ETVs. They are alien reproduction vehicles. They, they're US crafts, majority of them, because they've got strobe lights and the way that they look and everything mm. else and operate, they're not extraterrestrial. Some of them are. I'll say there's maybe one or two that I'll look at and go, yep, that's like the stuff that I've seen, that I've been on what I've filmed, but a majority of them are actually what I would say is deep black operations within the U.S. Mm -hmm. military using. So that's where I'll say we've got to give ourselves credit. Humans, especially Americans, are very on the forefront of exotic and advanced things to where they yes, can reject these false experiences. Yes, we are, Peter. We're, we're, we're on the cutting edge of everything, man. Uh, <laughs> on the downside, Los Angeles is is a world capital of porn magazine, porn videos. So, you know, we have our... Ying and yin yang. And yang. Ying and yang going on there, man. And, you know, like we got murders, man. You, every Saturday night in Chicago, it's a, shoot, it's a shootout, man. But, hey, um, why do you think that you were chosen for uh, all these visit, the space rides? Well, like I say to people, I, there's nothing special about me. I do have recall of other lives and before coming into the Earth human body, working with the Elohim and that. I believe we've all got certain missions and things we've got to experience in life, and it's not for just for us, but for God as well. So this is just part of my mission, I guess, to be there and open people up to a greater reality of who and what we are and to guide others to find the God within them as well. It doesn't matter what background, what religion, what aspect they look at things. That's just how my missions fell about. And I think we've all got an important mission here no matter how menial it seems to others mm -hmm. i think we're all part of a jigsaw puzzle that we've all got to play that part in that puzzle mm. okay i think we do have a uh, we do have a part all right we've got a question from justin mail says why why do you determine we are blocked off and for what purpose i think part of it's got to do with being weaned into the bigger and greater reality Part of it's got to do with some aren't ready for it. And this is where I say, even with this ascension process that we're going through, people go, we're all going to go to the fifth dimension. No, that's not going to happen. We're all going to do this. We're all going to do that. There is a new earth. There is other dimensions or other densities. There is the rainbow light body. But what this is a part of is each person's individual journey as a spiritual being. And at the moment, you have the flip side of that that there is a collective thing in civilizations that they need to play a part in and this time around there might be some ascender from my experience i know some of us will ascend to higher planes or become masters or light beings but for those that don't it's not that they're bad people though they may be doing bad things in some cases they're just not ready yet in their spiritual journey so there is that component but then you've got also nefarious forces and what i call again lower light beings that are trying to block people off from their sole evolutionary process. Mm. And it's it's a two-edged sword, this whole process. Mm. Okay. Um, do aliens have, we talked about octopuses earlier, do the aliens have blue blood like the octopi? 
Uh, I've heard reports in some people that have been part of what we're going to say are all topsy-top scenarios that that's the case. Uh, so I think anything you can think of, it's out there. It's just, yeah, something I haven't experienced or seen. I haven't seen any beings cut themselves in, in front of me. But uh, coincidentally enough, um, I what I can tell you is that octopuses are not from Earth. And I have heard in an autopsy report that there was blue blood in one of these beings. Um, there's a prolific writer out there and frequently on various shows like History Channel. I know you've been on there, Ancient Aliens. That say that aliens, some alien species actually eat humans and need to be fed humans. Uh, have you come across any of that in your travels and space travels? Not personally, but I have had that in intel come across me specifically with certain types of reptilians and other types of beings. That that is something that is uh, even with certain parts of the blood, if I can remember correctly, it's almost like cocaine for them. So not only is it a, a, a food source for them, but what I say as well, even with certain types of rituals, it's invoking and doing rituals where using blood, blood sacrifices, when we look at satanic things like that, I believe are derived from Draco reptilian uh, rituals to carry that energy on and build the energy, the negative energy for doing negative things as well. So yeah, that, there is being, entities being out there that will do that, but very small amount. Being eaten by aliens does seem to be a very negative activity, Peter. Well, this is what I say. Not all, not all ETs are good. Not all, not, not all ETs are good. Some ETs are extremely there for their own agenda, which uh, we could probably put uh, demonic and draconian and Satanists all into that batch as well. Mm -hmm. So this is what I say to people. It's up to the human race. Don't expect the angels and good ETs to save us. If they could, they probably would have already done it. Mm -hmm. But on the other spectrum, don't think all of them are bad either. We or, hear, or, unfortunately... Or the if, they, or if they could, stories. or if they could have taken over the planet, they would have done that too as well. But evidently, they can't. You've got it. You've got it a hundred percent. Well, we'll just have to stand by. When was the last time you were on a uh, alien craft? Uh, a few days ago. But it was what they'll do is they can land a craft on you in apparition form. And they can vibrate your consciousness on board or even your physical body. So, yes, I, in my documentary, I show a landing circle. I had the circle tested. It had extremely high levels of cadmium, which couldn't be explained, which is a byproduct from that. But like I say, not all, not all of it's nuts and bolts physical. I've spoken to Native Americans about these elders. I've spoken to Aboriginal elders here in Australia about it because my experiences a lot of the time is, and I've had witnesses to this in our video documentation, they can land the craft on you like a ghost. You will feel a vibration. Even the temperature change in the ambient sound will slightly change as well. And if you close your eyes, you can see on board the craft. If your eyes are open in the peripheral, you can actually see the beings like ghosts. But they're overlapping your frequency. And what they do is they can get a hold of you, change your frequency, and all of a sudden they become physical, like you can see me now or experience me there if I was in person. But you haven't gone anywhere. You're not in space. You're not on another planet. You've changed time or time and space, and you're operating overlapping the same space. But this is where it can be a mind's eye experience where your eyes are closed and you can tune in to see them and or you can physically go there or they can just hook you up like a television to experience what's going on board that craft. Mm. And that is predominantly what I believe is happening to most people in their experiences. 
Uh, are your trips the same as astral projecting or is it something more real? Uh, some of them. Some of them are like that. Some of them are like I'm describing. It's just as real as this physical reality. But mind you, I do have physical parts of the craft material that I have in possession, multiple different bits of material. And this is where this is a fit. The thing is, the, the dream time type of experiences or the experiences in the mind's eye are way more real than this. When you're in this reality, even when I'm taken to higher realms, because sometimes I'll get me in a physical craft, take me to a higher realm, and the body can't no longer go up the frequencies, so my light body's pulled out of my physical body, and I can go to what we could call celestial or angelic kingdoms and realms of that nature. So as you go up, everything looks beyond 4K in clarity. When you come back to Earth, to give you a good analogy, it looks like a 70s television, televi- like 70s television where it's color, but it's got like a grain and it's not crystal clear. That's how that reality appears to me after experiencing the higher realms. Mm. Okay. And do you know anything about time travel? Have you time traveled when you were up there? Uh, something that did happen, but it was unbeknownst to me, because what I'll say is that some of the Pleiadians, they're actually coming back in time. And they're actually us in the future, as well as some of the Orion races. So in the cases where I've gone to where their space and time is, I have time travel, but it's almost like, oh, we're going to go here. You go there. But until after the fact, I didn't realize that, yes, in a way, we have time travel. So Mm -hmm. they're not operating flying in a straight line. They, They will pop in, pop out where they've got to go, fly into the solar system, go where they've got to go or, you know, whatever the star system Mm -hmm. you're in and get back out. They'll do the same thing. They'll dematerialize, turn into photon light most of the time or sometimes into an electron, rebuild at another bit in space in time and rematerialize. Hmm. Do do most of these uh, alien species from their home planets, did they go through an Earth-like history where they were violent and this and that, kind of like Vulcan was before Vulcan used their intelligence, you know, uh, to... To, to you to stop violence so are you saying that most of them like that now that they've just progressed and how far back in 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 time was that was it a million years a thousand years hundred thousand uh, with the Lyrans, we're going back well the Lyrans start the Lyran. there was Lyran wars and orion wars and most of them caught up in the pleiades later down the track to where this is sort of where we could say more utopia civilizations exist though those star systems now have utopic civilizations too so to give you an example, the Lyrans were coming here 20 plus million years ago. They even had civilizations, or we could say outposts on Earth and at the planet that is now the asteroid belt as well. They, they were occupying the solar system. They went through their walls, they went through their trials and tribulations, not just within their own societies, but also with reptilians and other entities that are still doing what they're doing today. So they've mm. gone through the same thing. I uh, can't remember how long ago they went through what they went through. But not, they didn't get access to go as a spacefaring civilization in the way of what they were doing later, the 22 million years ago, until they reached a certain point of enlightenment. So we're talking millions of years ago. And we've had beings visiting here for a few billion years as, as well. So mm-hmm. it's not, mm-hmm. the Lyrans were the first main ones, but the first beings here originally, I was told, was the Elohim. So do, do the, do, do, when, when I'm looking at, uh, alien species it seemed like they don't have a sense of humor they're pretty dry and stale you can't really have a good conversation with them have a cup of coffee with them is it that they look at humans and we're we're down here man we're playing our guitars we're 
you know, going on trips, we're climbing mountains, we're going fishing. Do they have a, a sense of uh, jealousy? And, and, and do they try to vicariously live through us so they can experience life? Because it doesn't sound like they got a lot of life going there. Well, what I can tell you is it's completely the opposite in a lot of cases. There are some, like the greys, some of the greys are actually us in the future coming back trying to rectify what had happened to us in certain times, but they showed me that we've avoided this, though it still happens in another timeline, which, again, I don't understand, but they told me because you're looking at things linear like I was saying, and when I'm not looking at things multidimensionally, that's how I can't perceive it. But one of these beings from Orion that actually looks like the being from the movie E.T., but it's got black black eyes and it's more dark, is the funniest thing I've ever met. It's better than you put Chris Rock and Kevin Hart and David Chappelle, all them together. This thing would outdo them all in comedy. It's absolutely hysteric. There's music, their own forms of music, their own forms of entertainment. So when we get the the culture, it depends on where one's being educated, I guess, on alien culture, because all I see mainly in mainstream media is what you're saying, the seriousness, seriousness and that they're trying to live through us in maybe some cases, which can mm-hmm. happen, but mm-hmm. it's completely the opposite. Okay, so it's, it's, it's more like the, the barroom scene in, in Star Wars. You could say in a way like that. Yeah, like that. Those, there's some races that they <clears> might have certain drinks that can have an effect, but a lot of them, they eat healthy, they live healthy in their own ways, and very rarely have I become uh, come across a race that will be into intoxication okay, or okay, anything Peter. like that. They've evolved past that, but okay, they've okay. got sports and certain right. things, just hobbies that they enjoy. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot, man. Give me a give me an alien joke that they gave you. They haven't given me a, uh, given me a joke. It's more like the way that thinking that you're ready for an experience and you're not, and they'll respond in that way. But one I've got is what did the Pleiadians say to the Orion? Are you serious? It's a bit of a stupid one, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there, there you go. I'm, I'm, I got one. So an, an insectoid, a reptilian, and a gray walked into a bar. That's all I got so far. I'm still writing on it, so <laughs> I'll, I'll email it to you when I when I get it done. Raul <clears throat> uh, says, uh, Peter, when you're out there looking down, did you see a flat earth or a dome around the earth? What did you see? It wasn't completely round, but it was more round than not, and it wasn't flat. Okay. But what may be explained, especially within the Bible, is that we're, we're described as realms. So the way I can describe it is that everything, when I'm transversing or where I'm going multi-dimensional, multi-dimensional when you're tuning into a frequency, it can appear horizontally until it pops in you become one with that frequency and therefore that's your what you're resonating on so you get the dimensional aspects to it so mm-hmm. this is where it's uh something it's, it's both sides aren't 100 percent correct in my opinion but mm-hmm. it's not you know a flat earth and from my experience mm-hmm. from what i've seen okay here's a question for you it says would you consider jesus more of a galactic commander more than say the son of the son of god who men need to accept as their savior for eternal life well i think jesus is a vehicle for that um i think just personally from my experiences that jesus is showing us a way how to raise our consciousness to christ consciousness it could be buddha consciousness whatever one's perception is Mm -hmm. that that is the way to everlasting salvation that you don't build your riches here on earth but you are you do in heaven which is why jesus said yeah you're all gods 
he firmly mm-hmm. states that. I can't remember exactly where in the Bible, but you mm-hmm. can Google that. Yeah. It is stated. And that's what he's trying to show is that the spark of God, the infinite creator, is inside each and every one of us. And what I do know is that Jesus actually does go from civilization to civilization, uh, replicating what he's done here to show other struggling civilizations the the same message that's within. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in a way, he is there for our salvation, but not in the way that we could say hardcore Christians. And look, I could say at the end of the day, I'm probably more operating as a Christian than anything else, but I'm open to all things. There's a cross-correlation throughout all ancient texts talking about similar beings. Gabriel, Archangel, is in the Christian Judeo Bible, but also in the Muslim text, the Quran. So there's these these cross-correlations, mm-hmm. and they believe in Jesus. They just don't believe he was the son of God, but that he's a prophet. Mm-hmm. So we do see these cross-correlations, even with uh, Jesus and the rainbow light body or ascension activation, which we hear about in Tibet. And uh, Mikhail Letworth, who was a former one-time theologian for the Pope, I've met him personally. He's done a book called Saving Jesus, if I remember. He actually talks about, and he had, I believe, access to the Vatican archives, where Jesus actually went through India and Tibet working with different ancient sages and masters in the lost years. So Jesus is a, a powerful being, but Jesus is showing us all love, compassion, non-judgment, and what he can do, we can all do as well. Mm. Yeah, well, th- that is a message that I've read before, and certainly I definitely internalize that as, as, as a life goal. Don't always live up to it, but, uh, you know, at least I want to head in that direction. I'm, 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 I have a problem. I can't come up with a, a Quran thing that tells me to do the same thing. It's probably why I haven't gone down that road. Well, well Peter uh, Maxwell Slattery, we're at the end of the broadcast. Any final statements or anything you'd like to say about your website, books, anything you'd like to say, uh, you go right ahead. Yeah, people can just find out more at petermaxwellslattery.com. And, um, yeah, just I hope people have enjoyed this, found some sort of uh, food for thought within it. And, um, yeah, what, what people make of it is completely up to them. I'm not there to convert, push anybody, anything. It's just to share a story, my experiences, and hopefully uh, open some people up to other possibilities for them. Okay. Well, Peter, I appreciate you coming on the program. Can we have you on again sometime? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, let me know, mate, and we can sort something out. But thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah I'm sure our Australian viewers are very happy that you're on the program tonight. <laughs> right. No, blessings, everyone. And again, thank you for having me on. It's been a, been a good time. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.